All right, well, good morning. Uh, hope everybody had a, a good week this week. It's been a it's been a pretty week, and it's been a wet week. Ask my driveway. It does not exist anymore. It's washed down in Limble Creek. Glad to have the beach bums back over here with us today. I do miss seeing y'all, especially Mary. Uh, we're going to be over in James chapter 3 this morning. James chapter 3 for a little bit. We're going to be looking at... Uh, uh, geese, yes, geese, take notes, yes, exactly, we're not going to be shooting geese, we're going to be talking about geese, uh, and, and the way geese operate, and how we can uh, imitate what they do as Christians, but uh, before we get started this morning, we just, I want to mention a couple of prayer requests, um, Gene uh, has been taken back over to the hospital, be Judy's brother-in-law has been taken back over to the hospital, so we need to be in, in prayer for that family, um, he just I guess I'm assuming he's just getting over uh, COVID, and now he's fallen, so he's gone back over to the hospital. So be in prayer for them. We have one at home. Uh, we we had a birthday party to go to last night and found out our our neighbor has it and is in the hospital. Uh, so be in prayer for the, the Wilson family there. And just a lot going on. Need to continue to pray for our country, definitely. Uh, pray for our leaders, which is something we're going to talk about today as well. Uh, just just a lot going on in, in our world that uh, we just need to stop and just ask God to take control because right now we're trying to do too much on our own and it's just time for us just to let God have it and stop trying to interfere and because I'm pretty sure we're messing things up so we just need to let God take the reins take control and let him have with it and do with it as he as he wills but we definitely want to mention that this morning <clears throat> so this morning we are going to be over in James 3 and I, I love uh, what we're getting ready to look at, and it's uh, it, it should be an encouragement to each one of us because we need it. We live in a time right now when we need encouragement. Everybody needs it. We need we need those attaboys. We need those good jobs. We need we just need to hear from one another, and, and especially since March, you know, we got discouraged. A lot of us got extremely discouraged with uh, not being able to get together, it, and it was a discouragement for me uh, to not be able to get together with with you all. And it's still a discouragement not to be able to shake hands and get together like we we do. And I really miss the the bacon and the gravy right now a lot. Just saying, so I'm, I miss that, and it is a discouragement because it it's it is the worship. You know, we're here we're to worship Jesus and and to praise Him for all He's done for us. That that's what we're here for. But we're also here to fellowship as well. And that fellowship, if you think about fellowship, He's in the midst of it. When brothers and sisters in Christ get together and we, we have a time of singing or we go out here and we have the meals or we, we have revival or we do Bible school, y'all, that's killing me right now just so you know that, that the no Bible school thing is just absolutely breaking my heart. You know, that's discouraging for us to not be able to get together and fellowship because when we are as brothers and sisters together, he's in the midst of us. And it's, it, is, it can be discouraging, it is discouraging right now to not be able to do that. So today we're going to try to encourage one another uh, through the words of Jesus, and we're going to try to encourage uh, uh, one another uh, through some of uh, James's words and some of John's words, and we're just going to try to be an encouragement to one another. But to do that, we've got to look at geese. Geese. That's right. I want you to take notes, Hunter, so when you go out to Nebraska with Steve, you can explain all this to him because he's Lutheran. He, he knows nothing, just so you know. They're smarter than we think. Geese are a lot smarter than we think. i got three little things real fast I want to I read to you about geese, and then we're going to get into it. First thing, they work together to allow everyone to do their best. The second thing is they use uh, the help given to them in the best way possible. 
And then the thing uh, that they do that, that I really like the, the most here is that they share burdens so no one gets worn out. Those are just three little things, but I'm not going to preach on those things. That's just three things that I found after I got my three points today. But they do a few things together as a group that uh, that helps the whole group as they fly. And, you know, they fly... Uh, they fly from Canada and they'll go, or Canada, they fly from wherever it's cold to wherever it's warm uh, in, the, in the fall. And so the, it takes a group to do it, and it takes a group to get together to make that trip and to make sure that they get from point A to point B safely. To get where they're going, it's a group effort. All right, that's, that's what I want you to hear. But here's the thing I want you to understand about the geese, and I like this part, and this is going to blow your minds, okay? So when we see geese flying in that V formation in the sky, we hear them, don't we? We hear, we hear them honking. We hear them honking. Is that so that we hear them coming? No, that's not why they honk. Do you all know why they honk, Hunter? You probably do, you nerd. Do you know why they do? That's the, it's the geese in the back honking to encourage the one in the front leading them. It's, it's attaboys. So when you hear the geese honking, it ain't saying, hey, here we come. It's saying, hey, you're doing a good job up there in the front. That's why geese honk. And yes, somebody took the time to study that and figure out why they honk, but that's exactly why geese honk at one another. It's as an encouragement. They don't honk just to be honking. They honk to encourage the ones up front, the ones leading the pack. And that's where we're going to go today is to be that encouragement. I want you all honking at each other whenever we leave here so that you can encourage one another with, uh, with your words and with your, with your love. So if you've got your Bible, uh, turn it over to James 3. If you'll stand with me just a moment, James 3.13, all the way to the end. James 3.13, this is about obtaining wisdom here. It says, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show uh, out of a good conversation his works with meekness and wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without uh, partially, partiality and without uh, hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Let's pray. Father, this morning as we open up, God, we just want to give this to you. God, this is your service. This is your time with your people. God, and I pray that you would touch the hearts of those that are here, touch the hearts of those that are able to listen this morning. Father, I pray your presence be felt right now in each one of us. God, we thank you uh, again for opportunity after opportunity to come back to your house, Lord, and, and Lord, to preach your word. And I, fr I pray that today would be an encouragement to those uh, that may be discouraged with something going on in their heart, something in their life, something in their work, something in the church, something in their home. God, I pray that whatever comes out today, Father, it would encourage them, Lord, to turn to you, Lord. And I pray that what said today would encourage others to encourage others. Lord, I pray that you would, uh, just again, just have a touch in this service. And, Lord, uh, have you willing way. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, you can have a, have a seat. Now, we're, we're going to be all over the place today, and I've got a couple little stories to go along with it. But people can learn a lot from geese. They can learn a lot from geese, especially Christians. And today we're going to look at three things that Christians, that geese do that Christians ought to be doing. And it sounds funny, and y'all can laugh if you want to, but at some point you're going to be saying, oh me, instead of amen, because I will step on your toes today. 
we do that. And, you know, we, there's some things we're going to bring out today that we tend to do as Christians that we ought not be doing. So the first thing we're going to look at is we all need encouragement. And, and I believe every one of us can say we need encouragement. We need those attaboys. We need to hear uh, those, you know, you're, you know, we're praying for it. I love just to hear somebody call me or text me and say, hey, pray, had you on my heart today praying for you. That tickles me. That's encouragement right there. I love it. And, and I was telling uh, Miss Georgia a while ago the, the cards that she sends out. You know, that's encouragement. I got one the other day, or we got one the other day from the church. It's just an encouragement, just thinking of you, praying for you. I, we need that. What, West, Westview. Westview? Westside. Thank you. I get them mixed up. Westside Baptist Church, every month we get a card from them. They send it to all the preachers that they know, and it's just a little, a little encouragement card. You know, it, it might be around Father's Day. It might be directed at fathers. It might be around Independence Day directed at, at you know, freedom. It doesn't matter. They still send, and it's an encouragement just to, just to hear from people, just to say, you know, thinking about you, praying about you, praying for you. Um, there's an old tale about the devil. Y'all probably heard this. One time he put his tools up for auction, and he was done with them. And somebody come through and was looking at the devil's tools, and, and there was one there that said, not for sale. So the person asked the devil, why is that one not for sale? And this is what he said. He said, I can spare my other tools, but I can't spare this one. It is the most useful one I have. It's called discouragement. And with it, I can work my way into the hearts that are hard to get into. And when I get this tool into a heart, the way is open to plant anything there I want. You know what? Amen to that. That's his tool. Discouragement and doubt are the two things the devil can use the most out of his toolbox, especially discouragement. And then when discouragement don't work, then he can throw doubt out there. But discouragement, so we go, we're going through a world right now where every time you turn the news on or you, you, uh, you look at the paper or you, whatever, you, you see nothing but discouragement. There's nothing out there encouraging right now. Very, very little to do you any good. I think I seen where a giraffe was born another day in a zoo. That was encouraging. That's about it. There's, there's very little out there. We need some encouragement. Christians need to be encouraging other Christians. Christians need to be stepping up and encourage, encouraging the world. We need to be a light right now and be an encouragement. we got something a lot of others in the world don't have right now, and that's Jesus. So that ought to encourage us to be a, uh, ambassadors for Christ. That ought to encourage us to, to get outside and six feet away with your mask on and encourage others. To, to go and, 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 and live a life that would be pleasing to God and just be an encouragement and just show some love and show, uh, you know, show that light of Jesus. We can do that as Christians. We ought to be doing that because we need the encouragement. We all need that encouragement. So if you're not a leader, that's what you need to remember about this. If you're not a leader, if you don't consider yourself a leader, then what, what I've got out of this is you are a helper, which means you're an encourager. So if you're not in a leadership position somewhere in your life, that means that you are to encourage. You need to be that goose in the back honking at the leader saying, good job, keep it up. If, if you, I'm telling you, it, as, a, as a leader, it is really nice to hear, and I'm not going to say it on the church standpoint, but it, it, other things that I've done in my life, it's nice to hear someone come up behind you and say, you know what, things are running smoothly, thank you. You know, I, I want to be that encouragement at the fire department. I love to be that encourager to our chief and assistant chief. You know, when, when we get the grant or a call runs, it goes well or ends well, you know, 
things like that. It's, it's nice for somebody to come up behind our leaders and say, you know what, man, y'all did an awesome job, good job. You know, we really appreciate what you're doing. It's nice to have that. You know, Keith, it's probably nice to have your employees come up and say thank you or, you know, thanks for the job, <laughs> thanks for employment, thanks for, you know, whatever you do, thanks for the new tool, thanks for whatever. You know, it's, it's nice to be, have that encouragement behind us as a helper or an encourager. Encouragement can make the difference, if nothing else. Encur- being an encouragement can make a difference in someone's life. It could be that one person teeter-tottering on the edge of something, and then somebody comes along and encourages them and gives them that second wind so that they can move on and, and, and go and do whatever they need to be doing. There was a, a young man that rode a, an elevated train, what they call the L train, up north, and he rode it for weeks, and he, there was one spot where it goes uphill, and as it was going uphill, of course, it slowed down. As it slowed down, he would look out his window, and he always, as they was passing this, this apartment, he would always see this older lady who was bedridden and sick, and she was always laying in her bed, and for weeks, he would see her every single day, and finally, he figured out her name and her address, and he just sent her a card and said, praying for you, and then he signed it, young man on a train, that's all it was. Well, for about a week, he didn't ride that train, but when he finally got back on the train, as he passed that house, he looked over to see her and did not see her in bed. But what he seen was a big sign that was lit up by a lamp that said, God bless you. What an encouragement. We need those. Just just a little encouragement to say, yeah, we, I think we got them at home still. There used to be, yeah, right there, uh, Tester Shell. There's just a big sign up there, big billboard, and all it says is Jesus loves you. What an encouragement. We need that right now. We need all kinds of billboards that say nothing but Jesus loves you. We have a bunch of local churches back home get together once a year, and they put up John 3.16 on a billboard. It's not signed by any one church or any one pastor. All it is is John 3.16. For God so loved the world. And that's an encouragement. That's an encouragement for me knowing that churches can still take take a stand and put that out there. What an encouragement. We need those encouragement. We need young men and young women like this guy on the train just to encourage some random person and say, get well soon, or thinking of you, praying for you. We need that kind of encouragement in our lives. Now, I'm sure that more encouragement and less discouragement is needed in churches today, right now, this Sunday, right now. In these churches, we need more encouragement. And I know beyond the shadow of a doubt, right now, this day and time, our country needs more encouragement because we're so discouraged. We need that. So it's, it's up to us. We need to be those encouragers. We need, as the Christians, need to be those that are going out and being that encouragement. When, all, when we're all here on, on Sundays, when we're all able to gather, uh, especially whenever all this finally lets go and we can get back together, it's an encouragement to be able to look around, even though I'm confused as I'll get out up here looking for y'all. I don't know. I mean, i got two now that's not in their spot. It just th- it throws me for a loop. I don't know who's here and who's not here. But it's an encouragement. And then there's those that are here that, that are an encouragement to me. And on Sunday morning when I walk in here and I'm able to sit and talk to one or two or three or all, and, and it's an encouragement. There's some Sundays now I don't want to talk to people, no offense, but I just don't want to talk to nobody. You know, it's usually because them two's been fighting on the way up here and but I love it to come in and have one person shake my hand and say, you know, praying for you or thought about you this week or something like that. That's an encouragement. 
for me to, 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 to get that from somebody. But those who are leading will lead better and be more excited about leading the more you encourage them. And that's church, work, home, school. Kids, when y'all finally get to go back to school, your teachers are going to need some kind of encouragement. I'm going to be honest with you. They're going to need a lot this year because they're getting ready to tackle something they've never done before. Encourage your kids, all three of them, listen to me. Encourage your, I know there's a third one back there somewhere. <laughs> She's sleeping in the floor. Encourage your kids, encourage your teachers, please. This means yes. Preacher said encourage the teachers. Paisley ain't going to do it. We we need that, and the teachers are going to need that. And just in case anybody's thinking, you're sitting there right now, and you're thinking that I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking about me. And and I want to and I want I want to do something real fast. I just, I just want you I want y'all to watch and listen to this, okay? Just listen. Boy, Morris is here. Morris, stand up just a second. Mike, stand up back here in the corner. Stand up real fast. Who else we got here? Yeah, Tabitha needs to stand up. Keith, you need to stand up. Jerry, you need to stand up. Conley, you got to stand up. James, you got to stand up. You got to, whether you like it or not. <clears throat> so we got other leaders in this church that y'all kind of forget about sometimes. This church couldn't operate without leadership. These are leaders. We got a deacon, a deacon, a deacon, a trustee, a son, or a, a, a youth leader. He's a youth leader. We've got a trustee and a trustee. They need encouragement, guys. Things run across their plates that y'all don't even know about. They need encouragement. So any opportunity you get to, to say, hey, thank you for what you're doing, thank them. Maria, sorry, you're a Sunday school teacher too. You can stand up. You can have a seat. So you see these people? Encourage them every chance you get. There's things that go on in churches. There's the... My pastor didn't tell me about things that go on behind the scenes whenever I announced my call to preach. And I think if he had told me before I announced my call to preach, I wouldn't announce my call to preach. <laughs> it's scary what goes on in a church sometimes. But they need encouragement. There's things that come across through these churches, not just our church, but every church. There are things, there are people, there are situations that come through our churches that people don't know about, that you're protected from because of the men and women in these churches in leadership positions. There are things that y'all will never see. And I thank God that we got good leadership inside this church. I'll be honest with you. We got awesome leadership in this church. So thank them and encourage them every chance you get because they need it. And, and a lot of them are what we call unsung heroes. We don't, we don't even know what they do sometimes, but they're doing a lot behind the scenes. And I appreciate them a lot. So they all need encouragement. Number two, two. if one of these geese gets sick, Two others will drop out of the group to take care of them. If one goose goes down, two more go down with it. Take care of them. To, to, to help them along the way. Now here's the thing. They don't just land with it and then fly off. They stay with it until it gets better or dies. But we're going to lean towards the get better side. They stick with it. They don't leave it alone. We need people sticking together when one is down. We need some people with us to help us along the way. The ones that drop out take care of the sick. But listen, just because those two drop out, that don't mean they're leaders. The leaders keep flying in that V formation. 
and keep doing what they're supposed to do, but two others from the back or wherever go in with them and stick with them. Now, John 15, 9 tells us, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. We're God's army, are we not? As Christians, we are a part of God's army. We are soldiers of the cross. That's who we are as Christians. And we are to fight for one another, not fight with one another. But who are the first people to shoot the wounded, Christians? Amen or oh my. We are the first to knock them out. One Christian goes down, instead of helping a brother back up, we put them out of their misery. We take them out. That ain't how it's supposed to be. We ain't supposed to be like that. That's not how God's army works. Somebody else's army might work like that, but not God's army. We don't shoot the wounded. We help the wounded. We help that brother. We help that sister who's in the ditch. We help the one that's hurting, the one who's got a broken heart that needs to be mended, that needs the support, that needs that encouragement. That's what we do. We get up under them and help them. I love that, I think it was back in 92, the Olympics, when that young man, I think uh, maybe Ethiopia, I'm not sure, but he's running, and he tears, uh, he tears a ligament. And his dad runs out on the, on the track and puts his arm around him and helps him across the finish line. Whew. That's an encouragement. Yeah, he, didn't, he did finish the race. He didn't win the race. But we need to be like that dad when we just reach around and get him by the arm and, and, and hug him and lead him on across that line, that finish line, whatever it might be. We need to be that person. Not the one that just puts them out of their misery whenever they're hurting. Instead of trying to support them and help them get back where they're going, a lot of Christians make them an outcast. And uh, we can't be doing that right now. We cannot be churching people because they said something or done something. We can't, we can't be talking about them. There are people who have quit going to church because they've heard that so-and-so said something about them from the church. Well, it ought not be like that. What it ought to be like is so-and-so said something to them to encourage them. That's what we're supposed to do. Don't talk about them behind their back. We're to talk to them to their face and say, what can I do to help you? What can we do to help you? What can, how can we help you? How can we encourage you? What do you need? What do you need? Let me help you. Let us help you. Don't badmouth them. Too many people have left churches and not that they've left the church and went to another church. They've left the church and quit going to church. That breaks my heart. All because one person said something. Or something was taken out of context. That happens a lot with me. Taken out of context. Don't. If they've got a problem, don't kick a brother while he's down. You go to him and talk to him and help him up. And talk to him and be that encouragement to them. We need to be that person. Don't be a, a discouragement. Be an encouragement. People are being hit from every side, everywhere else from around the world they need love they don't need discouragement they need love we all are needing that love right now because we all at some point in our lives or some point right now we're we're discouraged because we're not getting our gravy and our bacon on sunday mornings we need that so encourage me <laughs> send me some bacon no they need support not disappointment now i'll tell you a little story 
was reading this in one of my books this week, and it's a really neat little story about Henry Ford, even though it's about Fords. There ain't but one person in here that's going to enjoy this, and that's Mike, sorry. Henry Ford tells a story of being uh, at the beginning of his career. As a young inventor, he had received severe criticism from his ideas of a gasoline-powered carriage. Most mechanical experts of the day were convinced that electric-powered carriages were the thing of the future. While attending a supper one night, Ford began to explain his engine to the men sitting nearest him, when suddenly he noticed that Thomas Edison was seated a few chairs away and was listening. Finally, the great man moved closer and asked the young Henry Ford if he could make a drawing. After the crude sketch was complete, Edison stood up silently and studied it. Suddenly, Edison banged his fist against the table and said, That is it. That's the thing. You've got it. Henry Ford said for the rest of his life that he would remember that thump of the fist on the table. It was worth the world to him. He needed that encouragement. That was an encouragement. You've got it. That's an encouragement. We need that. We need a thump on the table. We need those honks from the back. We need to be encouraged about whatever we're doing. Even if it sounds like a harebrained idea, we need some encouragement because it might just work. It might just change the future and break down on you down the road, Mike. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. It's going to happen. We need to be encouraged, though. I encourage you. You just keep going, Mike. (laughs) You keep putting gas in it. We need, we need that from each other. We're to encourage those that are down who have suffered, even if they brought it on themselves. And that's where a lot of, a lot of this comes on um, in, in their lives is, yeah, they made mistakes. Yes, they have sinned. They did buy Ford. They, did, they, they messed up, and they brought it on themselves. But we're not to discourage them because they messed up. We can't do that. We're to encourage them. You know, it'll hit 100000 you can trade it in, something like that. But we need to encourage them. Don't, don't kick them when they're down. Help them up. Even those that have hurt themselves, they deserve that love. They deserve to see the love that God is showing that God has shown to us. We need to be returning that love back to them as well. Show them the love of Jesus when they're down. Encourage them. Pray with them. You pray with them and mean it. Be sincere in that prayer. Man, they're already down on the ground. Join them on the ground and pray with them. And lift them back up. Be an encouragement to them. Jesus gave us a second chance, didn't he? We all bound for hell at birth, but he gave us a second chance. He gave us an opportunity to trust and believe in him so that we could go to heaven, so that we would be pardoned from our sins. He gave us that. We need to return that favor back to others as well. Give others a second chance. Even though they've hurt themselves, give them an opportunity. Give them a chance to get back on their feet and get things right in their lives. We serve a God that of love and we're supposed to be a people of love number three if the lead goose is shot down the rest of the flock will follow to the ground if the lead goose is shot down all the others go down with them think about it you need to remember that steve might not tell you that if you take that first one out then you clear the whole the whole flock trying to get hunter to go to nebraska goose hunting if the lead goose is shot down the rest of them go down with it. Hang on to that. Let me tell you what Matthew says about this. Matthew 26 says, And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but 
the flesh is weak. Jesus knew that the best thing his followers could do is pray for him. The best thing that they could do. Don't sit there and take your nap. Even though their belly's probably full, they've had a great evening of worship and fellowship, and now they go out to the garden, and they lean up against the tree and take a nap. That's not what he wanted. What he needed was for them to pray. Watch and pray. Watch for me and pray. That's all the leader asked for. That's all the master asked for. That's all the teacher asked for. That's all the Messiah asked for. Pray for me. And he says, you couldn't do it. You took a nap. Your leaders need prayer. Your leaders need encouragement. Like them or not. Like them or not. You got to pray for them. Because the Bible tells us to. Folks, that's the hardest thing for some of us to do. It is hard. You don't like that person. I don't like this person in leadership. But the Bible says you got to. You got to pray for them. Jesus knew the best thing, though, was for them to pray, but they wouldn't do it. Please pray daily for those in leadership positions. I've never been in that type of position before where I've been, and I'll tell you something, and I'll call Cindy out on this one just to give Mike a break, but not because you drive Subaru, but I was, <laughs> I just happened to be in the county manager's office back when COVID hit, remember when we came over and, and we had the prayer and, and all that, and then I happened to be there when the first case came out, and folks, I don't want to be there. I seen the side of Philip, and it worried me to see him and to see you and some of the others in leadership there in, in the county, in every county, to see the stress that they were under. Folks, I got to see firsthand, and, they, and I know she gets to see it a lot more than I'll ever will. I got to see firsthand the amount of stress that someone comes under in that type of position. And when I seen that, I went straight back over to 1 Timothy 2. And it was a whole lot more real for me once I got to see a, a pandemic hit home the way that it hit. And to see Philip the way that Philip was. I mean, he was scattered, to be honest with you. He, I mean, he was just, but you could see it on him. And it honestly worried me for, you know, I don't know him that well, but it worried me. But it wasn't just Philip. <laughs> There's 99 other counties in North Carolina that were dealing with the same thing. And there's other towns in North Carolina that are dealing with the same thing. And there's other states in the U.S. dealing with the same thing. And I'm thinking, these leaders, folks, we don't take it serious enough. Back in, in February and March when all this started rolling down, we should have been praying a lot harder for our leaders because they were getting ready to face something that they've never had to face in their life. And let me tell you what First Timothy said about that. It says, I exhort therefore... That first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all, listen to this, for all that are in authority. And he don't stop there. He goes on, he says that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of our God, of God our Savior. He says it's good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Which means it pleases God, whether you like the person or not, it pleases God that you actually do pray for him. That's what he wants from us. These people in authority, these people in leadership, they need to hear words of praise sometimes. They need to hear that I really, truly am praying for you. 
They need to hear that. But not just the lip service saying, yeah, I'm praying for you. Man, if you get an opportunity to pray with one of them, you just, you just stop what you're doing and pray with them. I don't know many that would ever turn it down. And especially right now, I believe they would, they would, they're probably requesting it. Please pray for us. Please pray for us. We need it. If we're to try and do things for God, I guarantee you that Satan's going to be shooting at us. Those that are in leadership, those that are in authority, as Timothy says, or Paul says there in Timothy, those that are in leadership, the devil is trying his best to shoot us down because if he can take that one person out, the rest are going to fall. Just like I said with that one goose, lead goose goes down, they all go down. That's what the devil does with leadership. The devil is looking at those in leadership, those that are in authority, and he's saying, if I can get to that one, I can take them all out. If I can get to the pastor, I can take the whole church down. If I can get to one or two deacons, I can get that whole church down. That's what the devil's saying. He knows it, and he's trying his best right now. And he's, he's succeeding. He's doing a good job right now in a lot of churches. And they're seeing, we're seeing these pastors fall away. We're seeing these leaders in the churches that are falling away. And once they're gone, the church crumbles. And that's what he wants. And he's going to try. Until the rapture hits, that's what he's going to keep doing. Is he's going to keep getting that foothold in these churches. He's going to get a hold of these leaders. And he's going to wear them out until the church collapses. Do you know how long it takes to rebuild a church? I don't. I don't ever want to be, I don't want to be there. I don't want to try to rebuild a church. I want to build on what's already here. That's what we want to do as a church. We want to go. We've already got the a great. We got the best cornerstone the world could ever ask for, in Jesus. Let's build on that cornerstone and fortify this place. Make it stronger. But we've got to encourage one another to make it stronger. It's hard to do sometimes in the discouraging world. But the devil is going to keep shooting at the one in the front. Ephesians 6.16 says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Oh, the wicked. That's the devil. He said, hang on to that shield. Keep it strong. Keep it in front of you because the devil, he's going to be flinging darts at you. He's going to be aiming for that one up front. Keep that shield high. He knows that if he can bring down that leader, he's going to bring down the rest of us. And if you're a leader... I want you to listen to this. If you fall, we all fall. If you fall, we all fall. He's taking us all down. Don't fall. Don't let him get that toehold. Don't let him find that, that, that hole in that chinking on your armor. Don't let him find that. You repair it and, and move on. But don't you dare fall because you're going to take a lot of people down with you. Stay strong. Strong in the faith. Strong in what you believe in. You've got to be an example and live God uh, a life that is pleasing to God and stay strong in what you believe in, in your faith. You stay strong, we stay strong. You fall, we fall. Was it backdraft? You go, we go. You go, I go. That's what he said. You go, I go. Don't be like that. I don't want to go. I don't want to fall. I want to stay strong and I want to keep moving forward. So you leaders, think about that. Always remember that. Stay strong. You're strong, we're strong. You fall, we fall. Never forget that. Never forget that. Now, I'm going to close with this right here. And this hit me yesterday. I was thinking about how people get put in leadership positions. 
And we know there are people in leadership positions that ought not be in leadership positions. We see that. Happens in fire department, don't Morris? <laughs> a lot. But there's people in leadership that don't need to be there, but there's people there that deserve to be there. And this is what I was thinking about last night. You become a leader by giving of yourself to others and being responsible for what you have been put in charge of. Some people deserve it. Some people earn it. Some people go and they do and they excel and they exceed and they are the poster child of, of leadership. And so they are promoted through the ranks to be a leader. But then you have some that are just appointed out of just, I don't know what people are thinking and are appointed. Those are not good leaders. And they fall. And when that, that leader falls, then the rest of them fall. you got to be careful. And i got to remind myself of that all the time. And I remind myself of this a lot too. Satan is shooting at you. Every day we get up and we go outside our homes, even inside the homes it can happen. The devil's trying to draw a bead on you, and he's trying to shoot at you. You keep that shield up. When you leave your home, when you go out wherever you go, keep your shield up. Because I promise you, the devil's shooting at you. He's got them, them fiery darts coming at you. And the devil, he's going to drag you down. He's going to find a way to get a hold of your ankle, and he's going to hold on to you, and he's going to drag you down. Kick him off. Stomp him. He done, had his, he done been bruised once. Bruise him again. But don't let him drag you down. But that's what he's going to do. And he's going to try to get you off track. And he's going to try to attack your weak spot. Because we all got a weak spot somewhere. There's something in us that, that if, if, boy, if he can just find it, he's going to get in there and he's going to drag us down. Don't let him find your weak spot. And you strengthen that weak spot. And get over it, whatever it is. There's some little secret sin you got out there that's, that's your weak point. You got to keep your guard up. Ephesians 6.11 says, Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The whole armor, head to toe, head to toe, from your helmet to your sandals. You put it all on. Don't ever leave a piece at home. Never leave any at home. You make sure, sure that your sword is sharp. Like Sally selling seashells down by the seashore there, ain't it? Make sure that you keep that sword sharp. You study that thing. You get in the word. And you keep your keep your skills up. You keep your armor on. You keep your shield up. Keep your sword high. Keep that helmet strapped on. Keep your sandal straps tightened down. You keep that belt tight around you. It's girded around you. Keep that thing on. Tight. And then you go out and you face that devil. You face him head on, and you rock his world. You knock him back. You throw him behind you. You make him mad as you can make it, and you just keep on trucking for God. But you keep that whole armor on as you do it. Never leave any at home. Never forget about it. And if, we're, if we stumble, those of you that are following, don't shoot the wounded. Start honking to encourage him. If I trip and fall, and eventually I will fall off of that step, I promise you, I want you to honk, not laugh. Encourage me when I hit the ground. <laughs> Encourage. When one of us in this church stumbles, don't shoot them. Pick them up and encourage them. Don't say, ah, don't put them out of their misery. I've done a dog or two that way, ain't you, Nat? <laughs> don't put them out of their misery. Help them up. Get encouragement to them. Don't run them down when they're already down. Geese work together, and they stay in that formation, and they share the load. Work together, 
Stay in formation, share the load. We can all do that. Work together as a body of Christ. Stay in formation. I'm not saying stay inside these four walls, but we need to stick together in what we believe and for Jesus. And then we need to share the load. That's one of the best parts about being a Christian here on earth. We can help brothers and sisters share that burden, share that load. And we need to do that. When we do that, we're an encouragement. We're an encouragement to one another. It's encouragement to me to see that happening inside our churches. Share that load. They care for their wounded, and they encourage, encourage one another. So when we have one that's sick, one that's hurt themselves, done something they shouldn't do, be an encouragement to them. Help them out. Don't run them out of the church. Don't run them out. Don't embarrass them. Don't say things you ought not be saying. Don't start them rumors. Be an encouragement to them. Grab them by the hand. If we want to get where we're supposed to be going, we're going to have to be a lot more like geese. A lot more like geese. And I'm okay with that. So next Sunday, y'all going to honk when you pull in the parking lot? Tabitha's already thinking it, I know. So everybody's going to pull in, honking their horn. Everybody stand with me, we'll close out. <laughs> Be an encouragement this week. If it's just a one person, give them a call, give them a text, shoot them an email. Send smoke signals, I don't care what you do. Be an encouragement to somebody this week it'll be a blessing you'll be a blessing you'll be that encouragement Jerry will you dismiss us please Amen. All right. Y'all have a good week, and we'll see you next Sunday.